Hey, bunch of besties. Welcome back to Bunch of Beauties. My name is Sam Prevo, and I am joined, as always, by... Jennifer Mulliam. <laughs> I'm eating dinner, and I'm really excited about it. I have a veggie hummus wrap that I'm obliterating right now, and I'm really happy about it. Uh, Ariel Melendez, uh, I am not eating yet, but I will be having some chicken for dinner. I believe Yum. that's what's being made for me. I am to eating dinner. I'm having a half a grilled cheese and a like baked potato soup. Ooh, right. Yeah, my Ooh, dinner uh, is this wrap, and I got some Doritos. Um, they didn't really have good drinks in the dining hall tonight, so I got chocolate milk, and I'm stoked about it. I want to say my hot food take because I saw you got Cool Ranch Doritos. Yeah, talk about it. I hate cool ranch doritos really mm-hmm. see i don't really have a strong dorito opinion i like the blue cool ranch i like the red like the normal ones i think the purple are my favorite the spicy sweet chili oh, the sweet chili ones i've never had them oh the, those are delicious they're really spicy good things make me nervous it's literally like not that bad like i'm bad at spicy things and i like these so mm. you'll have to try them <gasps> i also wanted to tell you guys i want to wait until we were doing the show so i could tell you my dining hall has chickpea pasta. <gasps> but it's like, my friends and I will like go to the dining hall to eat, like, and we'll eat there. Um, and the chickpea pasta is like in a fridge. So it would be mm-hmm. like, I would have to, and there's no sauce with it. So it would be like, I would have to like go back to my dorm, heat it up and put sauce on it. So I think mm-hmm. what I'm going to do is Wednesdays, I have a late class. I have a class that ends at like 9.15. So I think what I'm going to do is this upcoming Wednesday, I'm going to make myself some microwave chickpea pasta. And I can continue the tradition of our chickpea pasta reviews and let everyone know how it is. I had a wrap with chickpeas the other day and it was very good, but not the same as chickpea pasta. I'm actually so excited for that. It'll be fun. I'm so glad you waited to to share that information because I'm like, (laughs) I'm overjoyed that we can continue the tradition of... And it was Bonza, Sam. It was Bonza. (laughs) Only the real ones know. It was really exciting. And I was with one of my friends and she was like, why'd you just get so excited? I was like, long story. Update this baked potato soup slaps. I'm so happy to hear that. We have like pre-made Panera soups at the dining hall. I think I'm going to do that one night. They have like the broccoli cheddar. Oh, bro- I could bathe in Panera broccoli cheddar soup, to be fair. It runs through my veins. It's so good. When they added the mac and cheese to it, game changer. Game changer. Absolutely. I agree. Okay, so that's our weekly food food take. Yeah. Our food review. <laughs> um, I was going to say, well, we missed a week because holiday weekend schedules didn't align. So we decided to take the week off. And so I wanted to ask you guys, what have you been up to? It's been a long time since we've sat down, <laughs> the three of us, and done our, our, our thing, had these, our little chat. So how, how's everyone doing? What's everyone been up to? I finished my second week of college classes tomorrow, Yay. Um, which is really exciting. I really like all my classes. Like when everyone said high school, uh, like college is so much better than high school, like they were right because I hated high school. And college is so much better. Um, I I love all my classes, except in my first year seminar yesterday, I was 
fighting for my life because everyone was saying nobody cares about women's sports. Um, So that was really good. Um, But other than that one (laughs) FYS class, it was good. Jen, you're literally like, like, not only are you going to my alma mater, you're li- like literally living my exact like replica of, of like my life because I have also fought that fight numerous times in classes at Quinnipiac. It was, um, it was really scary. Um, didn't like it. The professor did nothing. She was like, wow, that's a really interesting viewpoint when a guy told me nobody cares about women. I was like, that's <laughs> such an interesting viewpoint. Um, Fascinating. But I, I really like all my classes. I have my Com 120 classes, Media Industries and Trends. And we talked about Taylor Swift today. So I was very happy. Um, and oh my God, exciting news. I did my first radio show for WQAQ today. There is a there's a picture of Sam hanging up in the studio. <laughs> yeah, from my, I was I was I was PR manager for a semester. So there's my face and she's the, wearing, immortalized. She's wearing a saber shirt and a birthday button, so I, I automatically <laughs> I automatically knew where it was from. Um, that was from after I graduated too, so that means they put it up after I left. Yeah, there's like an alumni section on the website where you can like submit yourself and like say like what job you had after graduating. Well, and I was like, someone must have submitted me, so it wasn't me. I was like going to submit you and be like, damn. <laughs> um, but that's going to be every Thursday from three o'clock to four o'clock um eastern time um the website where you can listen live isn't exactly up and running oh excuse me isn't exactly up and running yet we're having some issues with it but i did like a little trial run today um and that was fun and i'm going to be doing it every thursday for the whole semester so the name of the show is going to be strawberry skies because that is the name of the website that i have where i post my monthly playlists i do like some music reviews and interviews on there Um, and so the radio show is going to be an extension of that. And I haven't like posted about that or talked about that publicly yet. So bunch of beauties exclusive. Um, We love being exclusive. And yeah, so that'll be fun. If you want to listen to me talk more. Um, yeah. About music, not sports. Yeah. Different this time. Um, so that's my recap after this. Uh, my friends and I, I think we're going to either watch Glee or Diary of a Wimpy Kid tonight. We haven't decided. Um, we've, we've started Glee from the beginning with some girls on our floor who haven't seen it yet. Um, <gasps> there just are people finished. out there who haven't seen Glee. I know. And so like, it's fun because they don't know like what happens. So like, we just watched the sectionals episode from the first season. Oh gosh. And like seeing their reactions to everything, it, it f- filled me with joy. Um, so that's, that's the agenda. And then I'm going home for the first time tomorrow um, to see WWE at Madison Square Garden. I'm very excited. You're but... trying to tell me Madison squared this garden? <gasps> My friend J- Sam Nick just sent me that tweet before we got on the call. <laughs> <laughs> and I texted him and I was like, I feel awful. And he was like, why? Because Madison squared the garden. And I was like, yes, that's exactly she why. She did. Why, Madison? Why did you do it? Why would you square the garden? It's messed up. Ariel, what have you been up to? I don't even know how to... Follow that last part up. Um, I want to say my week has not been as exciting, apparently, as that's okay. Jen's week has because it's all work, work, work. Um, Get your bag. I went. I got. Um, well, I was gonna say that does lead into me spending money, but um, went got some discounted flyers and Philadelphia 76ers gear. Woo! Fun. Annual blowout sale. It's great. Got me a couple flyer shirts and. 
some little knickknacks that were like 93 cents um love that for you because they do a lot of like the the player the players that were traded so there was a lot of ghost stuff patrick stuff somehow they still had wayne simmons stuff which made me think because the man hasn't been in philadelphia for couple years now quite some time um so i got a shane gossip fair it's just like it's sitting over on my shelf over there a little uh one of the, like those like doll things that they make i don't oh, know the, they're, they're so called. cute yeah. are you about the plushy ones because i have yeah. one of i have one of jeff skinner yeah. i would say if this was a visual i would bring it over but i'm too lazy to go get it <laughs> i'm um, surprised i have one of jeff skinner are they the bleacher creatures is that the brand Maybe. I don't know, but like it's like the ones that like basically all look the same, and they're like little plush yes. men. I think they're yeah. bleacher creatures. I have a Jacob Degrom one, and I have some wrestling ones. And you're right, like I think, all yeah. all the men have the same face, and all the women have the same face, and they just change their hair and outfits, and that's about yep. it. No, I think I think you're right. I think that, so, but yeah, they're so cute. I, I like them. Yeah, that was like I said, like ninety three cents. So I was like, oh, why period. the heck not? A deal. A uh, little mini stick, ninety three cents. Also, because why the heck not? <laughs> Got myself a nice hoodie, set a couple shirts and some pins. It was like forty something dollars altogether. I love that. Because we love we love the hurricanes sales. have that, but I was in New York when that happened. Oh no, lucky. Yeah, luckily I was off that day. Um <laughs> they were very safe with everything. You had to wear a mask to come in. Um it wasn't too too crowded. That was very lovely. I spent about an hour in there just roaming. Um, mm-hmm. I probably could have spent more, but I had to come back and do a press conference, but could have spent more money. So maybe thank you, uh, Sean Couturier, for signing an extension because you <laughs> saved me some more money. Um, but that's pretty much it other than work because I don't do much outside of work. That was my one fun little leave the state of New Jersey for a couple hours and have some fun. You know what? It's the simple things in life. It's the yeah, small really. things. It's going to the Flyers blowout tail and spending an hour looking at your favorite team's stuff. Always. Precisely. I finally have like a few days to just relax. Cute. I've been all over the place. I was in New Jersey for three and a half weeks, which culminated this past week. Do you like that word? Culminated? <laughs> big word. We love it. And uh, I went to some concerts. I saw some friends. I was all over the place. And then... The day after a concert that was all day and outdoors and it was warm, I decided that's the perfect time to drive nine hours back to North Carolina. But I made it. I made it that I promptly saw my chiropractor the next day um, and all is well. And I'm back with my dog and I couldn't be happier about it. (laughs) I'm back at my PC, which means we should have minimal technical difficulties. And that means I got to put together a nice little doc for all of us. Love a good doc get some info so we can actually talk about the news after 10 minutes of talking. <laughs> it was um, that was our catch up sesh. Cause we, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I missed this and I missed you guys. And I, I missed, Me too. I missed yes. our little sit down where we can just talk about what's going on in the hockey world and maybe some food takes. We already got the food takes out of the way. So now <laughs> we can just get to the hockey stuff. So I'm haven't excited talk- to scream personally. And I think Honestly. we can all deduce what I want to scream about, but I'm really excited. Personally. I think I'm about to bring it up. So what's we up? haven't talked, we haven't talked women's. I mean, we talked Hillary Knight, but we haven't really oh. talked women's hockey in a minute. Yeah. 
Um, things were, I mean, the off season's pretty slow. I mean, the, the NWHL is like resigning people, yada, yada, but there were no big like off season moves or anything. And worlds, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but I guess it, what we did miss in our break was that Canada beat us, um, for the first time in a very long time for gold at the worlds. This is, isn't the Olympics. This is the worlds. Um, and Canada had it won gold in a long time for them, I should say, um, by like actual winning gold medal standards. It wasn't that long. Um, but of course it was Marie-Philippe Poulin, who's one of the best women's hockey players ever, period. She's one incredible. Of the best, she's insane. And of course she went, she scored the most amazing, like top shelf goal in overtime, odd man rush to win the gold for Canada. And, uh, one of the Canadian, uh, players hurt her leg. And I, I don't want to be wrong on this, but I believe it was during the celebration, yeah. which like, girl... <laughs> Same. I'd, I'd yeah. shatter my leg <laughs> celebrating a gold medal, too. Um, but I mentioned the NWHL, and I only mentioned it because at, by that name, because now I'm going to bring up that they <laughs> changed their name to the Premier Hockey Federation, the PHF. Um, they have a new logo. Um, it was a big announcement. Um, our good friend Marissa and Jemmy, who now writes for the Seattle Times, um, she was the first person I saw with with the news. It was a Jemmy bomb, if you will. Um, but I have their little like announcement open, and I wanted to read what their commissioner had to say. Um, so she said, the Premier Hockey Federation is home to some of the best professional athletes in the world who deserve to be recognized for their abilities and to be empowered as equals in sport. Sorry. This league has come a long way since its inception in 2015, and we believe that this is the right time and the right message as we strengthen our commitment to growing the game and inspiring youth. So that message that they're talking about basically is they want inclusivity, gender equity, and they want athletes to feel empowered that it's not they're not in the league because of their gender identity. They're in the league because of their talent. Now, I will say, Jen, I think you may have a similar thought to me, so I we will I won't wa- <laughs> I, I won't go too into it because I'm sure you have a lot to say as well. I'm ready but to scream. I find this a little I don't want to say it's completely ingenuine because it's not. However, <laughs> I do feel weird. Yeah getting this information and yeah. feeling that this is their message when at, yeah. in in on the same token they still haven't rewritten the inclusivity rules in the actual like constitution of the league mm-hmm. since they wrote them and tailored them specifically to Harrison Brown mm-hmm. who's no longer in the league and hasn't been in the league for a hot minute and yeah. they still haven't rewritten the rules that they had tailored to him yeah. um now that he's not in the league, they haven't generalized them in any way. Right. Um, so that's a little iffy. And obviously, we've talked about it. We all know how they handled the Digit Murphy situation, and she's mm-hmm. still employed by the Toronto Six. Um, yeah. So having said all of that, it seems a little strange to then have it go to, well, we're trying to be inclusive and empower everyone. Here's a league that doesn't have a gender attached to it. Yeah, I agree with all that 100%. I was um, with some friends in one of my friend's dorms when the um, Marissa and Jemmy bomb dropped. Um, And I remember like, 
being in shock. Like, this sounds so dumb, but I was like, this has to be a joke. This has to be a meme. Like, this can't be real. Um, and just because it was so out of the blue. And, like, mm-hmm. obviously, once their official statement came out and they explained that it was about gendered language, it made a little bit more sense. But just seeing the name with no context, I was like, what? Um, so, yeah, I mean, the word disingenuous, yeah, I was thinking along the lines of performative. Um, I feel like I was thinking performative also, but like, (laughs) I'll be harsh. It's okay. (laughs) But like, I feel like a lot of what they've done in the past couple months, um, really since April, when everything came out about Digit Murphy, I feel like a lot of what they've done has been to save face. And I feel like it started with, um, and I don't think completely to save face, but there's almost been this undertone. I think it started with the hire of um, Anya Bataglano Packer with the Riveters. Yep. Um, because that was like, that felt like right after the stuff with Digit Murphy. Like it was like, oh, you guys are upset about this. It was in the midst of all of it, yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh, you guys are upset about this. Here's one of the most likable figures in women's hockey. Like go celebrate her and forget about this. Um, and just the more time that has passed without Digit Murphy, I mean, I it's tricky when you talk about sports, right? Because you don't want to be like, this person should lose their job. Um, but... At this point in time, that is how I feel about Digit Murphy. My mind could change. I don't see it changing. Um, But for the time being, I do not think that she should be employed by the Toronto Six or by the PHF. If it's a PHF. I do want to say, because I also (laughs) agree with you, Jen, in saying, like, I feel weird being like someone doesn't deserve to have a job. I will say that could Digit find a job in hockey somewhere else? Probably. I'm sure. Yeah. I do think, though, as someone who has ties, obviously she severed ties with this organization, but she did have ties for a long time with a transphobic organization. Mm-hmm. I think her place of employment, she should have a job in hockey. She's very knowledgeable, yeah. but maybe her job shouldn't be with a league that's trying to be inclusive for trans people. 100%. And that kind of... I think that's the point we're trying to make, I think. Yeah, that kind of leads me into my other problems with the name. Um, So one, I do think that if not all of it is performative, I think a large part of this move was performative and to kind of say, like, get the heat off us. Like, "Mm, we like trans people. um, So stop. Um, And I was talking about it with my friend Nick, who I mentioned earlier. His name is Nick Garestegi. You can follow him on Twitter. Nick underscore Gara, G-A-R-R-A, I think is his username on Twitter. Yes. Yes. Um, And I was talking to him about it. And... He, I really like to talk about these kinds of things with him because he is trans. He is transitioning right now. And I just think it's important to get that perspective because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, none of the three of us on this call know what that's like. And I'm sure a lot of the people listening feel the same way that they will never know what that's like. Um, so he had said to me, I hate this gender inclusive thing that they're saying they're doing. It has nothing to do with Digit Murphy, um, which we kind of just said, but I thought this was interesting. He said, okay, you want to include non-binary people. Awesome. Would you include an assigned male at birth non-binary person? No. Congrats. You see assigned female at birth non-binary people as female light. Oh, you'll let trans men compete? Great. You also see trans men as female light. You're telling me you'd actually let a trans man who's had full bottom surgery into a locker room. Exactly. And we already know how Digit feels about trans women. So, um, and I feel like that's a really important point to make is that Harrison Brown, I understand he was already in the league before he publicly came out as transgender and before he only began his transition like physically 
um, after he stopped playing with the former NWHL. So I understand that that's a unique situation, but there was sort of this undertone of you still see him as a woman, which is why he can play in a women's league. I always felt weird about that. And I don't think that that was like the whole reasoning. I'm sure they just still want to give him a place to play, but it was always like, I also, I mean, if I remember, if I'm remembering this correctly, and if I remember other leagues um, rulings about Mm -hmm. trans men is trans men. Yes. Is that if they are still, if they haven't started physically transitioning, if they are still biologically, physically a female, if their estrogen levels are at whatever, we've talked about this before, if their estrogen levels are at whatever point, then they can still play in a quote women's league. Mm -hmm. So I believe that's part of why Harrison delayed his biological transition, if I I remember correctly. I think the same, yeah. I believe in his statement when he said he was retiring from hockey, he said the purpose was so he could finally start biologically transitioning. And so I I do – I agree with Nick's point wholeheartedly. It's it's not – we don't see gender. It's like the it's like the we don't like I don't see color thing. Like, yeah. I don't see gender. No, you do see gender. You just see anything that anyone that still has higher levels of estrogen and is biologically female, they're acceptable. But if the, you're anything else, then you're not. For sure. And so, like I said, I know like Harrison was a unique situation because he was already playing with the league. But you just you have to get to a point where you're like you have to see people as the gender that they are, that they identify as. And I think that this name change, while they want it to be a good thing, I think it's really going to blur the lines between who can play in this league. Um, You know, and another sort of, I feel bad saying issue, because at the end of the day, like, I love this league and I want to see it succeed. But another issue that I had is that, you know, who's to say that, you know, a former NHL player who is a cisgender man and still identifies as a cisgender man can't say, well, this is a genderless league. You know, women's isn't in the title. Was Why where can't I play in this went. league? Yeah. That and was where so my mind went exactly. The the official press release, the official statement that they had, I, I'm definitely going to get the wording wrong so I can try to find it. But it was something along the lines of like, we're the first women's league to drop the word women. And I was like uh-huh like and i i do understand the the intended purpose of this i do but like you you can't say you're a women's league not just for women like something isn't clicking in my brain i'm sure there are better <laughs> ways to like get this point across I, but it, it just doesn't make sense it just doesn't make I, sense <laughs> i wonder if this was just because they were real, I mean, I understand their their desire to want nine non-binary people feel included. I have to wonder though if the word women in NWHL, like if the W, really bothers non-binary people that much. Yeah. Why don't you just write it into your official like rules that non-binary people can play? A hundred percent. Like, change the actual ruling, uh, like, change the the constitution of the league, the thing you wrote for Harrison, ch- actually change it now, and you can still call yourself the NWHL and, and, and have nine bi- non-binary people because it's a majority female-identifying league. Of course, yeah, and that mm-hmm. was the next sort of point I was going to make that you alluded to, Sam, is that I 
feel that if, and this isn't to say that everyone that works for this league, like, doesn't care about trans people or is transphobic because that's not the blanket statement I want to make. And I do know a lot of people who work in this league as Sam does. And I do believe that they're good humans who have the best intentions, but from an outsider perspective, from a fan perspective, I'm thinking if you really care about trans people, like change your trans player policy, because again, I understand it was tailored to Harrison and I love Harrison. We're friends. We talk. I've met him various times. This has nothing to do with him because I adore no. him. Um, but This has nothing to do with him. And no, he's the best. Um, but those rules were made to keep him in the league. And a lot of that phrasing is, unfortunately, like, could be seen as transphobic because it was saying, okay, like, you're a man and we get that you're a man, but, like, you're still a woman if you want to play in the league. Like, that wording is just not right. And again... Yeah. I understand the purpose of it, but it needs to be changed at this point. And again, this isn't a blanket statement to say like, these people are transphobic. They don't care about trans people because I, I do think that they care. But to me, it reads as like um, the the concept of when people are like, why do we say mailman? We should say male person or male woman. Like, why do we say fireman? We should say firewoman or fire person. Like, that's what I feel like the NWHL did. Like they yeah. said like, hockey mm -hmm. person instead of a hockey woman and they think that they solved homophobia and transphobia and <laughs> sexism like no like do the actual thing do the yeah. actual thing to fix it instead of just it it feels like they put a band-aid on a gunshot like, i was just <laughs> going to say that i was like it's like there's like a yeah. it's like those um those like me the reaction photo with like the <laughs> the, flex the flex tape with like the flex <laughs> tape going on the like bursting thing like yeah. flooding is like the actual like things they need to fix and then they're like phf <laughs> literally they'll fix it like i Sam, like, can you really... make that meme and tweet it this week i kind of want yeah i kind of want to see that honestly um, that would be amazing i just it just it, it really does blow my mind because i think we're all sitting here and i think a lot of people who care about this league didn't care about the name of the league we cared about like the actual policy of the league changing right. and we cared about yeah. the people who run this league showing that they rec recognize the mistake they made and that they need it to be fixed. Um, and on top of that, I, I don't know if you guys remember this. Jen, my, uh, this is also from Marissa and Jemmy. She's an incredible oh, yeah. follow. I mean, if you guys want, she's a Seattle be uh, beat reporter now, the Kraken beat reporter now for the Seattle Times. So if you need a beat reporter, Kraken follow, she's definitely one to follow. She's a very, very good uh, women's hockey follow as well, particularly particularly for the now named PHF. She <laughs> breaks a lot of stories, and she is just a great follow for for that kind of information as well. And she's just a really cool person. So that's my little plug for Marissa. Um, but I don't know if you remember this, but the six released a statement at the end of August, like August twenty right. seventh. Yeah, it says the first league. <laughs> Toronto, the, the Toronto team. Six is the first team in the world in the world focused in on using hockey world. as a platform for inclusion and diversity and building the next generation of leaders using a women and gender diverse lens to recruit, coach, manage, and promote hockey. They literally the invented diversity. In the world. The they invented world. it. They invented being a woman and they invented diversity. Um, if you actually look it up, if you look up who invented women, um, the Toronto Six actually comes up. Um, <laughs> like it's what? It boggles my mind. I read this. I read this. I read this. I was like, 
this cannot be real. Like, there's no, no way this is real. <laughs> there's no way this is oh real. And God. it's real. The, yeah. The team, the, the first, team that, team first team in the world. In the world. In the world. The team that has existed for like a little over a year. Has yeah. In the first yeah. in the world. I saw I, that, and as someone who, like, obviously is, is on the outside uh, more so um, than you two, I read that, and I was like, okay, yep, 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 you're the exact right team to say this, totally. Right? And it's, like, and it's so funny because it's, like, okay, like, if any other NWHL team said it, we would still, oh, PHF. If any other team in the mm-hmm. league said it, we'd be, like, what? But the uh, fact that the, the six are saying it, we're, like, bruh, mm-hmm. like, you can't be serious right now. Like, I... I love this league so much, and I think there's so much potential mm-hmm. in this league. Um, that's why I like. I feel like they're the hill that I die on a lot of the time because, <laughs> yeah, like it's just there because having worked with a lot of the people who are still in the like I've worked. Well, Danny isn't involved, isn't as involved anymore, but like having worked with people involved in this league and like uh, and having worked with Danny and knowing how the why this league started and how it started and how passionate she is and how much like people like Anya really care mm-hmm. about this league and growing it and making it like a viable professional league for women's players to play hockey like it just it it frustrates me that they really like seem to not be able to get out of their own way oh a hundred percent and um another thing I want to add is Sam and I have both worked for or with this league in some way I know Sam interned while she was in college I interned with the NWHL this past year this past winter as my uh senior project in high school and Watching something that, and I, I've talked about this a lot with Alyssa Turner, who used to work for the NWHL, watching something that you've worked so hard to make into what it is crumble like this is devastating. Like, yeah. one of the main projects, and this is like sort of off topic, but one of the projects that I was most heavily involved with when I was interning was the Black History Month initiatives and the Women's History Month initiatives. So the fact that I worked so hard to put diversity on the forefront and like to make that happen to watch it all crumble like less than six months later is like heartbreaking and so if you know people who worked for this league in the past are working for this league right now um just like keep keep them in your thoughts send them some love like tell them that they matter because this really sucks, especially as, you know, even if you're a fan that's been there from the beginning since 2015, 2016, like, this sucks. Like, thinking about, yeah. like, the the money and time and effort that you've spent on games and merch and players and, and even just, like, people who create content, like, people who make gifts for the NWHF, uh, PHF. Every time we say PHF, I want to say POF, like, plenty of fish. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I am a plenty of fish user, yeah. but um, that that was turning into a tangent. But just 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 be nice to people who work in this league or have worked in this league because this is rough, buddy. Um, and I'm just I'm just hoping for all the best in the future, and I'm hoping they can dig themselves out of this hole yeah. because it's it's deep. It's it's a deep hole that they. Yeah, I. I'll echo what you said, Jen, because working, working, I mean, I worked for the league for uh, like an extended summer, I guess you could say, because I started in May. I got home early from studying abroad and they were like, when I got 
when I interviewed with the league, it was a pretty fast interview process. Um, and then they were basically like, can you start tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I started like May 1st or something. Um, and with, I mean, with working in a small league and I'm sure, I mean, this, this is also like in minor hockey or minor baseball or any minor sport, really nothing. That's like a major sport. Um, you wear a lot of hats and you're expected to do a lot. And I ran nine social media accounts. I ran the website. I was working with PR. I was working with the creative director. I was working with Danny directly. I was going to live events. I marched in pride with the, with Danny and the players, uh, mostly Riveters players, but a lot of, of the league's players, including Anya. Um, And I, it was so fulfilling and it, and it felt like I was doing my part to help promote the league and help promote a sport that I care so much about. And I had so, so much fun. It was mm-hmm. one of my favorite like working experiences ever. Yeah. And like you said, to see it all just like to see them and like get put in this to put themselves in this situation and to like have this PR like mess is so upsetting. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, my heart just goes out to everybody like that works there and everything. Cause like, I know that this isn't like, they don't mean to like be shooting themselves in the foot like this. Like they, yeah. they really are trying to make the league as inclusive as possible. They're just going about it in the wrong way. Um, and I hope, like I said earlier, I hope they can kind of just like see the light in a way and just realize like where their focus should be. And it shouldn't be in a name change. It should be in like actual like policy change. hundred um, percent agreed. Mm-hmm. So let's not, um, you know, beat this into the ground. I think we've said, you know, said everything that needed to be said. But I want to yeah. keep the thread of like supporting women's sports going. Um, and so um, I don't like we never talked about this because it's uh, mostly affecting like male college sports. But the Supreme Court ruled that the NCAA their players can now profit off of their likeness. So a player yes. can get, and so a player like a Zion Williamson um, recent, I think he's the most recent example of a player that could have gotten a pretty large endorsement um, as a college athlete and, he, or a Joe Burrow, someone like that in fo- football as a more recent example, um, they could have gotten um, pretty big endorsement deals in their college years. And, up until recently, that wasn't allowed. That was illegal. Um, but now players can, you know, have endorsements. They can have sponsorships. They can create a personal brand, things like that. And I will I, – I, this is a side track. As someone that works in social media, it's awesome that this allows a lot of people to ha- find employment as managers of these players you know social media brands this is a whole new industry basically for people to work in which is super cool in a time where it's difficult to find work that's my sidebar however um now professional teams can also endorse players and the florida panthers are the first team to do so they actually um signed the university of miami quarterback uh, Eric King, hopefully I said his name right. Uh, he has an endorsement deal with the Florida Panthers, but they, but the Panthers decided, well, if we're doing it for this male quarterback, why don't we do it for female athletes? So they went to Florida Atlantic University (FAU) um, and tried to find a female athlete to endorse, and they couldn't pick just one. 
So they extended offers to over 200 female athletes from FAU. That if they want an endorsement from the Florida Panthers, they're more than welcome to get one. Which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And I think a lot of other teams should take notes. I mean, I think it might be difficult for a team like the Rangers who are in Manhattan and you know, there's no, there's not big like D one schools, but you could still find like a college athlete to mm-hmm. support. Um, but I think this is so freaking cool um, because I think the immediate jump was what I jumped to, which is like a Zion Williamson or a Joe Burrow, like the big name basketball player, the big name quarterback on the top college, them getting their, their, you know, their cut because they're broadcasted on ESPN every week. They're, you know, making people millions and millions of dollars but these female athletes are also out there making their school money doing their thing so i think it's awesome that the florida panthers are recognizing it i did not expect the florida panthers to be the team to be doing this (laughs) but i think it's i think it's super badass and i thought it deserved a shout out yeah Yeah, i agree oh ariel you go bestie no, th- this is definitely going to open the door for a-, a lot of things, not not only for, for top-name athletes, but, for, you know, for some of those athletes who may not be well-known, who may not, you know, I don't want to say may not have a career after after their college, but, you know, this gives them the opportunity to get a head start, you know, on, on what's next. Get Let them get that endorsement to kind of get their name on the map or, or just get, get their money, get what they get, what they are deserved, get what they – you know, are able to get during this time. So I, I think the Florida Panthers doing this really will open the door um, just because it is a team that we didn't necessarily expect to be like, hey, 200 plus female athletes, come get come get your brand, come get your money. We're we're more than, you know, welcome to, to have you guys in. So I, I think a team like that is really going to open the door for a, a lot more teams, leagues, and, and just athletes in general to kind of be able to take advantage of this opportunity in something that definitely was happening behind the scenes, but now it is a lot more well accepted. And I think will help a lot more brands, especially, you know, when it was something that, you know, everyone knew was going on, but wasn't necessarily, you know, allowed to be talked about, allowed to be said and anything like that. Now it's more open. So I think we'll start to see a lot more, you know, teams, brands, et cetera, kind of come out, um, and, you know, be able to, to showcase these athletes the way they yeah. uh, properly deserve to be showcased. Totally. My mind immediately, my mind immediately went to Sarah Fuller. Mm, um, yeah. She was the first female to, uh, like score in a col- in a men's college football game. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, she was a kicker, I believe for Vanderbilt. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but she immediately popped into mind because she took the world by storm mm-hmm. by doing that. And she could have easily gotten, like, even just one, like, Nike commercial or one, like, Adidas commercial or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. some kind of endorsement that year that she, you know, did did her thing. I don't think she's in college anymore. I don't want to be wrong. No. Um, but it's just someone like that to, get like, get – not only have her time to shine and like be viral and all that, but to get some compensation for that, I think is super cool. Um, Cause like I, like I alluded to, like these athletes make, co- make colleges millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Yeah. 
And they're already treated like professional athletes for the most part, the way that they're yeah. reported on, the way that they're interviewed, the way that the fit their the level of the facilities that they have at most colleges. It's basically professional level, just mm-hmm. touted as amateur. So I think and the fact that the Supreme Court, you know, unanimously agreed that these athletes deserve compensation, I think speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I also like um, this pathway, um, almost as I don't want to say alternative, because I don't want to make it seem like these are the only two choices for being endorsed as a student athlete. But we have seen the popularity of the um, chair company, I don't want to say their name. Um, yes. But we all know who I'm talking about, um, how the chair company um, endorses college athletes, and especially going to Quinnipiac, um, the, the chair company is very popular at my school. Oh, I was just going to say the chair company is very popular at Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac is the first school that ever had a student chapter of the chair of the chair company. Yeah, it's awful. Um, and literally like the first day of welcome weekend, um, athletes were already becoming, um, chair company athletes. Um, I just went on the chair company athlete Instagram page and the, for second, um, their second most recent post is an athlete from my school as of right now. Um, so I'm definitely surrounded by a lot of that and I'm definitely not a fan of it. Um, so I do, um, think it's very cool that an NHL team is providing this way to sort of be endorsed and given a platform. Um, and particularly for, um, women, Athletes, I think, is very cool because if I was an athlete, which I'm not and I will never, I do not sport. Um, but if if I were to sport, um, I would be very happy with the fact that the Florida Panthers um, are doing this. And, yeah, I, I would hate to be a woman athlete looking for an endorsement and be like, well, it's chair company or bust. Um, so I, I think it's very cool that the Panthers are doing this and I hope that more teams follow suit. Like you said, um, it might be like weird for some teams because they're not necessarily near like a lot of colleges, um, with like, uh, super involved sports programs, but I hope that this is them like setting a precedent and a lot of teams follow suit. Yeah. I mean, I also, with with the proximity thing, I mean, the hurricanes, Mm. the hurricanes, uh, share an arena with NC State basketball and mm. their arena is across the like they share a parking lot with the NC State football stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are doors open right there to work with, you know, state students, state state athletes. Um, I will say about the chair company <laughs> that I do remember seeing something that there may be some kind of shakeup with the chair company sponsoring st- athletes because they also run a sports book, um, which is for betting. <laughs> and it seems a little. I um, saw this. Yeah. It seems, it seems like that is a very iffy line to toe mm. that you are an athlete working with a company that also bets on a lot of your games. I had seen like a lawyer do a thread about this a couple weeks ago being like, hey, athletes, don't be endorsed by this company if you don't want to get sued. So, so I mean, I don't I mean, like I saw I just looked and I wanted I was I was curious. I wanted to see who the Quinnipiac athlete was. (laughs) And it was someone from the acrobatics and tumbling team. Um, shout out to the acro team. I love them. One of my best friends from college. Um, we were really close. We were partners in one of our journalism classes 
uh, one semester. She's a sweetheart. Her name is Grace. Hi, Grace. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on our acro team, um, and she's one of like the coolest people ever. So shout. And my uh, orientation leader from school was on the acro team. So shout out to the Quinnipiac acro team. But um, <laughs> I don't know how much betting the chair company does on collegiate acrobatics and tumbling since there's like eight teams in the entire league. Yeah. But, um, the point still stands that it kind of, because while there are new NCAA rules about uh, the endorsement thing, there's still pretty strict rules about betting and there's still pretty strict rules across all sports about players being involved in betting. So um, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if anything actually f- comes of that or like, because I don't really know what a chair company um, endorsement entails. Like, what does it mean yeah, to, be a, do? to be a chair company athlete? I don't know what it means. So they may be able to get around it in that way where it's like, oh, it's just a name only. Like, you <laughs> it's get a just for my Insta bio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't really know, like, how, if any, anything substantial will come of that. I just find it interesting that these athletes are kind of willing to toe that line of like, yeah. I'm going to work for, co- I'm going to be endorsed by a company that has a sports book uh, uh, amongst the plethora of other. I was going to say the other, has. the other, yeah. yes, the other issues, issues. The other issues clearly won't get you in trouble because no one seems to care about it. So I'll just, let's, let's just also ignore the thing that might actually get me in legal trouble. Um, <laughs> anyway, Anyway, let's move on to, uh, in our last little bit, let's move on to uh, some NHL news because that's the main reason why we're here. Um, And I never got to talk about this, and I really want to talk about it. The Mm -hmm. Canes revenge offer sheet of Yasmeri Kokodiemi. They can say it wasn't for revenge all they want. It was. It was. They're damn liars. We know. That $20 signing bonus says otherwise. Um, also the $20 signing bonus, if you did not see, Yesperi is giving it to his mom for Christmas gifts. <laughs> Love that. So that's Love where it. the $20 is going. Um, but I did want to talk about it because, yeah, it's funny, haha, Una reverse card, haha, <laughs> but social media, haha. Um, but Don Waddell said that they, they, you know, the social media aspect of the offer sheet, a lot of it was, you know, the Canes social media trolling. I mean, as they usually do, but it was a lot of trolling of, you know, the Habs and bringing up the Spashnaho offer sheet from a couple of years ago and yada, yada. Um, and he said that, you know, they took that opportunity because they know that they've, you know, created a very prominent social media brand in the hockey world. Yeah. And I find it interesting that they cared so much about their social media presence with this and didn't care when they signed Tony D'Angelo. Right. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Um, okay. So that's okay. Also, um, <laughs> I find it interesting that they were willing to give Yasperi Kokaniemi, who's never had more than has never had more than like 25 points as NHL career. They were willing to give him a $6.1 million and they were willing to sign Tony D'Angelo and they were willing to sign a bunch of other people to $1 million contracts, but they couldn't piece all that money together to sign Dougie Hamilton, um, who played <laughs> like, an integral part of their defense I knew where years. Um, I find all those choices to be fascinating, um, especially since uh, Jake Gardner is going on long-term injured reserve. Um, he's having hip and back surgery, and Ooh. I don't, I don't want to, you know, be pres- presumptuous. Uh, but he is thirty-one. Um, I don't know, and he's been having these injuries, especially his back. He's been having like really yeah. bad back issues for a really I long was time. Say that. So yeah. I don't, 
I mean, I don't want to say he's going to retire, but it does seem like a, like that might be the path for him. Mm-hmm. So long-term IR might be the move for yeah, the I was gonna say future. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do save his money at least about $4 million. So I'm sure they knew this. I just, because they offered Dougie Hamilton $6.5 million. I just don't know where this disconnect is. And I don't know why they were willing to shell out $6.1 million for the memes. Yeah. And they're willing to, but, uh, but then they want that, but then they signed Tony D'Angelo and won't and refuse to accept the consequences. And they like are trying to ignore it. And they're like, look how many people came to the yard sale. Everyone's over it. Which like, no, no, I, I don't understand what's, I just don't understand. And that's why I wanted to talk about it because like, I, yeah, I honestly like. Yeah. I mean, I have. I don't have much to say about the actual. Like, I don't have much to say about Yasperi Kokinian as, as a player. Yeah. Like, he was a reach when he was drafted. We all know that. Now the Hurricanes have picks two and three from the 2018 draft, which like cool. <laughs> but who? I mean, we all know that the the Canadians kind of botched his development. Yeah. Now as he's they in do. A new system. Yeah. He's in a new system with the reigning Jack Adams winner. Rod Brindamore. I mean, the Hurricanes have developed their young forwards very well. Um, so this could be a huge turning point for him. He's playing with uh, a couple of Finns that he knows in Ajo and Taravainen. Yeah, yeah. So this could be really, really great for him. And, and you know, they were trying to trade for him before this whole offer sheet thing came about, but they just couldn't get a trade done. So the Canadians, when the offer sheet came, said, fine, we'll take the first and the third and trade for Christian Dvorak with it or whatever. But I just really wanted to talk about it from like a team strategy standpoint, Mm. because we have talked so much about the Hurricanes offseason moves with like getting rid of Ned, letting Dougie walk. Mm. Now they're doing this. I I, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. And I Mm. and uh, uh, my friend Alex, his uh, username is Future Canes. He's a great follow if you're a Canes fan or want to know more about the Hurricanes. Um, He's very knowledgeable, but um he was like i just don't see where this team got better and i have to agree with him you know what i mean it felt like a lot of lateral moves um it seems like the group that they're gonna put out on the ice you know come season start has a lot of question marks and it's and it and it hasn't i can't pinpoint any point of improvement except maybe letting brady shea have permanent you know top three minutes um after his performance in the playoffs and that's just me being biased because i think he's an an excellent hockey player um (laughs) but you have so many question marks in goal because you don't have that anymore you don't you have so many question marks on defense because you shook it up so so much and now you have tony to deal with and the forward group is pretty much unchanged aside from bringing in kokaniemi who's not even starting at center he's starting at left wing so I don't know. There's a lot of question marks with them. And and this just seems so strange to me when they got so close last year. I mean, it was, they got, they held Tampa to such a close series Mm -hmm. and that was with Tampa being over the cap, you know? So, (laughs) you know, I mean, Tampa, I mean, we joke about them being over the cap. They didn't get to the cup easily by any means. No, no. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, it seems like they were they were I didn't expect them to overreact to the way their playoff ended, but they did. Yeah. And from like um like a marketing culture perspective, I think it's funny how you mentioned like 
everyone came to the yard sale and like now we have this player like haha like like zing like we got him like haha um and it it does sort of remind me of the former NWHL in a way um because you know I felt like for a long time if you said like a good or fun thing about the NWHL people would be like I thought they were transphobic like focus on the fact that they're transphobic um and I, I feel like there's sort of that going on where like you you say something about being a Hurricanes fan or being happy that they did something or whatever and it's like but they signed Tony D'Angelo aren't you still mad about that um and I think it's important to note we've talked about this on the show before but just to reinforce that you can be mad about a team doing something and you can actively be against them doing it and still like talk about the team and be a fan of the team. Um, I understand the people who have canceled their tickets or said they're not going to buy merchandise or go to games. And I think that's perfectly valid, but you can't hate on the people who are still following the team or their moves. Um, Just want to put that out there. But as far as like them overreacting, I agree wholeheartedly um, I think all of us really thought they had a shot at the cup this year, um, as shown by our brackets, um, <laughs> where we had them all, we all had them winning. Um, and yeah, it's like you said, there's a lot of question marks. Um, and I, I definitely think if I was a Canes fan, or even if I was in the organization, I would be very scared for the season to start because I feel like you don't really know what this team you don't know what this team is going to look like in the sense that you don't know who's going to take the ice and you don't know what this team is going to look like in the sense that you don't know how they're all going to gel together because there have been a lot of changes um not like a lot but i i think there's been like significant changes so yeah um if if i'm working for the canes or a canes fan i'm shaking in my boots right now personally um and that's that's my two cents. I yeah. would definitely be nervy. Yeah. I'd, I'd say their saving grace is that they kept they kept Jordan Martinook. He's Mar, Mar, Marty is like integral to the culture of this team. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. From day one of when Rod Brindamore's tenure started, he was there turning the starting the complete 180 that this team took. And the fact that he potentially was going to leave was heartbreaking. Not like not only for like the fans but I think it would have been a huge blow to the locker room um having said that I also am so excited so excited to see him and Derek Stepan interacting with each other because they are two chaotic men and I can't Mm -hmm. wait for Derek Stepan to be in the tunnel the first time that Jordan Martinook does his the whole Mr. Svechnikov routine because I want to know what Derek will do to take part in it Mm -hmm. that's my two cents um, yes. cause I remember the, I remember the first time he did it in front of Brady Shea and Brady Shea looked terrified. Mm. Um, and now I want to give the floor to Arielle because she wanted to talk about, um, Joel Farabee's extension. Yes. And I, did we, we talked about Coots's extension already, yeah. right? So yeah, we we'll, we'll, we'll just talk about Joel Farabee's extension. Um, and he got, can you remind me of the terms of the contract? Actually, just go off about it and then we'll talk no, about it. I was going to be like, I need to relook up the terms of the Contest. I believe it was so, five it was, million. Well, yeah, I know it was. I know, yeah, because it was thirty million altogether. So it was six like, five then. Wow, we're off to a great start that I can't even remember the terms of the. Yeah, contest. I think it was six years. I think it was six years, five million a year, or five yeah, years, that's what six I, million a year, something like that. Yeah, I want to say. Oh my god, I'm like literally. Yeah, um, five million. Five million. Yeah. Wow. I was gonna say that. That all I was start. gonna say is that it was a steal. Um. Yes. Truly. Uh, we're off to a great start. Actively. For me, talking about an extension that I can't even remember the terms of. Anyway, um, it, it's definitely been a very interesting offseason um, for Fletcher and in a very exciting way 
because he's done literally everything I think he possibly could have done to this point, um, aside from like one or two things that I'll kind of wrap up at the end with. Um, but yeah, getting Faraby signed to this deal now um, was, I think, pretty important, just as important as it was to get Kateria locked up, was not having to go into that final year of, a co- of the contract and, and kind of worrying what could be. Um, I think I think with Kateria it was a little bit different because you almost kind of knew um, what was going to go down there um, is he was going to get his money. Like, no doubt about that. If he had gone to free agency, which I would have cried, but man would have got more, probably. Like, he, he gave the team a very good discount there. But with, with Farabee, obviously he was coming to the end of his entry-level contract and had pretty much... I mean, I know saying he outperformed his entry-level is, like... In, not really a thing because like you obviously don't know coming in um but kind of did outperform um more than what was expected i think um leading the team um in goals with 20 was the second youngest flyers player i want to say to lead the team in goals at his age um so that was obviously pretty exciting to see from him and he was kind of one of the young players one of the only young players that really had a good season last year he didn't kind of go back in any way he actually took a big step forward so this contract was kind of proof that the flyers do see him as an integral part of that future yeah um and i know when when we spoke to him the other day um he was not he was obviously very excited to be in philadelphia and kind of said that he wanted to spend his career in philadelphia which i guess you hear you obviously hear that all the time um from athletes but someone i guess of his age he's only 21 years old um, he's been in the league uh, only two seasons, I believe, because he, he came right after his first year in college, um, so two and, like, a little bit in the beginning. Um, but obviously, as a 21-year-old, to, to be able to say you want to spend your entire career with an organization, I think, also goes to show the way the organization has treated him um, in, in the first couple years, and getting him signed to this extension, obviously, kind of helps lock him up. Um, and, and it could turn out really to be um, another steal of a contract for the Flyers. Is $5 million if Fairby continues to get better, which is, is a very big possibility um, that he will kind of get better from what he did last season. Then, yeah, $5 million for him, absolutely. I will, I will take that 100% um, all day, every day. To, you know, he's going to be under contract. This will obviously start after this season, after he's – on the last year's entry level and we'll have him under contract until which I can't even think of as a real year 2027 2028 <laughs> which is so crazy to think are real years at this point right but if if he is able to continue to perform the way he has and like I said only get better from here one I will absolutely take 5 million every day all day um obviously you'll you'll come down the line to what that could become but what Chuck Fletcher's been able to do with this team, not only coming into this season, but kind of into the future, um, it really seems like he's building this team into the future, is getting some of his guys locked up now instead of kind of letting it linger throughout the season. Um, obviously, he'll have a couple more guys to take care of, but that won't come until next season. I believe uh, Morgan Frost is on the last year of his entry-level contract. Um, so this will be a big season for him. Um, obviously, injuries have kind of hurt him, so he, he's in a different situation. Um, so he'll have him to take care of. But I know the biggest name that is not gonna the the contract is not gonna come this year, at least from what we've been told from Fletcher, is um, Claude Drew is on the last year of his contract. Um, a big, big part of the Flyers organization, 
And when we spoke with Fletcher, I think it was when Couturier signed his extension. Is someone asked, and I don't remember who asked this question, um, or I would obviously like shout them out because there are some really great um, Flyers beat writers that I am so fortunate to even be in the same like Zoom call as. Um, but asked, you know, what you know is is Claude Giroux next? And Fletcher said there's going to be no contract talks with Claude Giroux going into the season. They're going to play out the season and see where things go after that, which I thought was very interesting of a comment. And if that's the way they're going to take it, um, cause to me now, I obviously could be wrong. This is just a bunch of free balling top of my head. What I thought when he made the comment is drew wants to see how this is going to go. See if these moves that the team has made are, are really kind of going to push them over the top. Um, obviously he wants to be in Philadelphia. I think, I don't think anybody can kind of deny that he wants to be a flyer for his entire career um, because he's given everything he could have to this team and then some, and and some of the years he had to go through in his prime um, when this team was not well, I'll just say, um, is he kind of deserves to to see this out and, and see where things go from here. I can't envision a scenario where he goes anywhere else, Mm-hmm. But he's likely taking a significant pay cut to to mm-hmm. make things work because he's making over eight million right now, and and obviously that was signed you know way 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 back um, when he was in the prime of his career. So I, I don't deny he would probably give the Flyers like Kateri maybe that hometown discount. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It, it is going to have to be very significant. Um, going down, I I couldn't even give a, a price off the top of my head. It'll obviously depend. On kind of where things are in the cap situation, you know. I was just gonna say that if the I, cap does go up or not, um, I think will play a big factor in whatever he's gonna make. I, I find it hard that he would be anywhere else. It, it would be very weird to see him in a different jersey. But I just thought it it was a little interesting that they're not gonna have talks um, at all until until the end of the season. They're gonna see how things play mm-hmm. out. I thought that was a little interesting note. Um, I, I don't. It could mean nothing. I could be just reading into it as I do too often. But I, I think that'll be something to keep an interesting eye on. That I think it may have a lot to do with the moves that were made this off season. Um, is there obviously is a lot of excitement and every single player we've talked to, um, you know, Sanheim, Coots, Faraby, you know, the guys that have been here, and then some of the new guys coming in. Obviously, you know, Atkinson was literally a Flyers fanboy in his in his press conference had the gritty shirt and everything um but a lot of those guys coming in that's just been the word that everybody has been saying is how much excitement there is for this team yeah and obviously yeah in that with this team before so I'm you know not going to put in any declarations until we ask this <laughs> team on the ice because I've been let down plenty of times before um I think this really could be an exciting year though with all the moves that have been made and Fletcher's kind of realized maybe um letting the young guys run things didn't quite work last season you saw a lot of them take a step back I don't think that's going to happen again this season I I mean I can't see them all like just regressing again because if so then you've got a lot more problems on your hands than anything else um but I think that's why he made a lot of these moves and just a real quick, so I, you know, can stop rambling. Um, that that pretty much was when when they signed Derek Broussard, which took us all by like surprise. We were all like, okay, uh, yeah. 
the first time I ever got to ask Chuck Fletcher a question, which was like a moment in and of itself, um, I, I kind of asked him exactly that is what went into the signing of Broussard and, and why did you guys decide you wanted to bring him in? And he pretty much said, you know, there is, is a lot of depth issues. And it, if, you know, they have a couple injuries, which like is going to happen now that they're going back to a full 82 game season, like it, it's likely going to happen is they had to rely on young guys a lot last season and they don't want to have to do that again. So I think getting a lot of this veteran, got a lot of these veterans in and, and extending a lot of your, your, a lot of your key pieces, I think has brought a lot of excitement. But yeah, getting Joel Farabee locked up to that, just to bring it full circle after all of that, getting Farabee locked up now after that 20 goal season, when he can only get better has the complete makings of a steal down the line. And yeah. I, I don't see it not being, because I don't see Farabee, you know, especially if he didn't take a step back, kind of what everyone else did. I'm fully expecting this to be a great deal down the line. I yeah. agree with everything you said. I'm sorry, I was yawning. <laughs> I agree with everything that you said. Um, And I think it was really insightful because I, you know, my base thought is like someone who like doesn't, I mean, I see the Flyers and I watch them play because I follow teams in the same division as them. So my base thought was just, Farabee was really good last year. If he keeps this up, that'll be a steal. So that was basically what you said. Um, yeah. But I didn't know the Claude Giroux thing. And my only comment about it, because I feel like I've seen it with other like team, like star players from teams that I follow. I wonder if that, like you said, I wonder if it's his choice. And he's saying, I don't want to, like, I don't want to, I it'll mess me up during the season if I'm thinking yeah. about the contract the whole time. So let's mm -hmm. just shelve it until yeah the off season and so it yeah. could be innocuous it could just be that like i don't want to be distracted by it and it could but it could also partially be because we don't know how much the cap's going to go up by we don't know how this all these moves are going to work out so i think it's a mixture of all those things that you said so those are my only two it bits <laughs> to say to all of that wonderful insightful stuff you said about the about the flyers um and i want to completely derail for the last like six minutes because <laughs> I want to talk about it with you guys because I want to know if you guys care as much about this as I do. Okay. The Steve from Blue's Clues video. Yes. I would See, like I to speak on it. I, I cried. Ariel, can you watch it while we're Can we recording? watch it together? Please watch it. I'll find it and I'll send it to you. I was gonna say when I, I tell you I was around. I was sitting at my desk watching it and tears came down my face. I literally cried. I literally cried. Like I didn't think I was that attached to Steve from Blue's Clues. Oh, it I'm very attached to, to me. It did okay. something. I found it. This is my embarrassing fact of the day, and this is for the record. My first celebrity crush ever at like four years old was Joe from Blue's Clues. No, you're valid. Man aged like a fine wine, so I clearly have taste. But, um, so the 25th, so for those who aren't as avid Blue's Clues watchers <laughs> as myself, um, Blue's Clues turned 25, so Blue's Clues is as old as me, so great. Broken. Um, I'm sending you the video, Ariel. Oh, but, so I'm watching it right now. Oh, the three hosts got together, Steve, Joe, and now, I can't remember the new one's name, oh my god, um, the new one. Um, they got together and they made videos together. But then Steve addressed the millennials of the world, me, and 
told us how proud he is of us and how we're all just doing our best and how we changed his life and how he's never forgotten us. Do you understand the way I freaking cried? I I was not expecting to cry um, that hard. Um, a- another thing that I wanted to mention is the the closure that I received from this video. I didn't even know I needed closure from Steve. Right, because he just because Steve just got up for the again for those who aren't as avid <laughs> Blues Clues watchers, you don't know the lore of Blues Clues that. The reason that Steve and Joe, that Joe came in, was because Steve left for college. Like me. Like me. That was a big storyline. That was a big storyline. Steve was going off to college. He had to go off away to school. And Joe, his cousin, was taking over and having adventures with us every day. That was also around the time that Salt and Pepper had Paprika. Just just so we're like aware of like the timeline of <laughs> the Blues Clues lore timeline. <laughs> <laughs> the Blues Clues cinematic universe. Literally the B- the BCCU. Yes, the BCCU. That sounds like that sounds like a college. I go to BCCU, the Blues Clues. <laughs> I go to the Blues. I go to BCU Blues Clues University. Professor Blue at your service. Yeah, it um it messed also, me Blue up. So Blue is a girl for those people who are misgendering her. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel like Blue does get misgendered personally. And I think it needs to stop. Like oh, the, the way the, that came out was truly perfect. If if the PHF if the PHF really wants to 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 take down transphobia, they would support Blue. They need to support Blue and her clues. Literally, like her blue life matters. Like her blue life matters. No. Literally. Oh like, my god. I uh, yeah. That... I really just I really needed to bring it up. Ariel, did you watch the video? <laughs> that hit too close to home. Did yeah? Did you watch? You watched Blue's Clues, right? That hit way too close. My to favorite home. shows, guys. My favorite shows as a child were literally Blue's Clues and Bear in the Big Blue House. Like that was I exclusive. Love I remember anything, Bear in the anything Blue that House. was blue. I was into. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That was like right in the heart. Yeah, like, it when, broke me a little that, bit. That zoom in when he's like, and you, I'm like, okay. Like, if I, wa- I want you to watch it with sound on later because the sincerity in his voice. I don't think like, I'm ready for that. Like, that was no. why I cried because you could tell, like, he sincerely meant what he was saying. At the end, when he was like, and you look great, I was like, thanks. Thank <laughs> you, Steve. My, my self esteem was pretty low today. Thank like, you, Steve. Like, I needed to hear it, you know? Uh, oh, I my just. Gosh. It just, it really hit, like, I, and it's funny because I didn't see the video and then my mom saw it and she was like, have you seen the Steve from Blue's Clues video? Like, yeah. no. She's like, I'm sending it to you. You need to see this. Like, yeah. Like, even my mom knows that Blue's Clues was essential to my formative years. It, it really, it shaped me. I really liked Magenta, too. She, she was. Magenta was a badass. I loved her. <laughs> I, I also will say, because I brought up Bear in the Big Blue House, I named my goldfish Pip and Pop. <laughs> After the characters of Bear in the Big Blue House. I, I had goldfish. One was named Juice and one was named Berry. That's cute. Um, and they had little fish babies and then ate them. So Yes, the circle of life. <laughs> Not, not to take a hard left into fish cannibalism. But... My, my goldfish, Pip and Pop, survived a move 
they, they lived for four years. They were like little like carnival goldfish and they lasted a very long time. No, like good for Pip and Pop, like longevity. It's what longevity. we strive for. I just like I I don't know if Blue's Clues will still be on when I have children, but I guarantee you I will show them the old episodes. We'll show them the reruns. Absolutely. Because now this is the thing. OK, so this is me like getting like on my millennial like soapbox here. Right. About Blue's Clues. Right. You know, how, you know how they had their handy dandy notebook. Yeah. Like Steve's was a normal notebook. And I think Joe's was oh, shaped like the yeah. chair. Yeah. The new kid, I really, I have to look up his name because I feel bad not knowing his name. Blues. <laughs> the new guy. <laughs> Blues. I know I was about to post. do it. Uh, Joshua. Sure. <laughs> the way Joshua. you were like unsure of that too. Because I wasn't sure, like, because you know, like, I don't know, like sometimes like the actors have a name and then their character has another name, but it's Josh. So Josh. Right. Josh apparently has like a tablet or something. Yeah. Like it's he doesn't have a handy, he doesn't have a handy dandy notebook. He has a handy dandy iPad? I guess so. That just broke me. I can't do this today. And like, what happens when the mail comes? Do they even get the mail anymore? Bro, do they it's even the mail. get the mail? It fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to whale mail. My tail is wagging right now just thinking about it. <laughs> Not literally like oh my Guys, Blue's Clues just means so much Girl, to me. You don't they realize. Get, they get emails. They get emails? Yep. No, that just ruined my night. The tablet. No, that no, literally just ruined my night. I'm showing my kids the old one so they can know what actual paper mail is. I'll be like, see, back back in my day, we got mail in the box. You know, letters and envelopes. You had to go outside and get the mail. Truly, I, I'm like upset now. I'm actually upset about iPad. that. Yeah, it, it's messed up. Personally. The gentrif the gentrification of Blue's Clues. Don't the even know gentrification. That, that's, that's not even the that's not even the right word. I'm just upset. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had a handy dandy notebook when I was little, like the like one of my own. As did I. I'm like broken about this. <laughs> like I'm actually upset. They took Blue's Clues. What's next? <laughs> They already took Bear out of the big blue house. Now blue now blue's clues is messed up too. Dude, the blue's clues mailman is out of a job. Everything oh about that? They're taking everybody's jobs. I can't. I can't. I'm upset now. I'm so I, I'm upset. Literally. Yeah. Uh, I'm so happy that I found people that feel as passionately about this as I do because like, you don't realize how much something beats to you until you, like, see it brought back to your attention and you're like, oh my god, I care very deeply about Blue's Clues. Yeah, yeah, I'm... And I think Salt and Pepper had another baby. Shut up. Another spice. <laughs> I, need, I need to confirm or deny that right now. Is there, like, a Salt and Pepper family tree? Because I know Paprika's their <gasps> oldest. Salt and Pepper child. Blue's Clues new baby. Salt and Mrs. Pepper, the father and mother figure of the Blue's Clues household, have welcomed two newborn twins, Sage and Ginger. I knew one was Ginger. I didn't know. I forgot about Sage. They were born in 2019. Oh my god, they're so little. I can't. I'm gonna Remember scream. Remember how little Paprika was? I'm literally going to scream right now. <laughs> 
wait, Cinnamon is Mr. Salt and Mrs. Pepper's second child and the younger brother, Pepper. Wait, I need a family tree. Oh, Cinnamon was the I'm first child, then Pepper. Okay, yeah. I literally have a Blue's Clues wiki that is called the Spice no, Family. I'm the on the wiki family. right now. So there is Grandma Cayenne. Grandma Cayenne Pepper. <laughs> The parents are Mr. Salt and Mrs. Pepper. The siblings are Paprika, then Cinnamon, then Sage and Ginger are the new twins. I can't with Grandma Kaya. Grandma Kaya! I'm broken right now. That's everything. Oh my god. On that note. <laughs> that was an amazing way to end the episode because I, I, I was just going to bring it up and see like if we all got emotional over it. But then we really fell into this rabbit hole about Blue's Clues and I'm so happy that we did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was incredible. Oh, okay. Well, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, hearing our rants about our, our early rant about food, our late rant about Blue's Clues and all the hockey in between. Thank you for, for tuning in this week. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Beauties Pod. I'm definitely going to go make that meme. I'm excited right now um, as a little preview. And yeah, I hope you guys have a fabulous week. We'll see you guys next week. And that's it for us. Bye, besties. Bye, Bye besties. <laughs>